Hello and thank you for clicking on Joe Blogs About Films. It really is super appreciated. This episode that you are listening to is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts, which I'm sure you are fully aware of that. But just thank you so much for the constant support of the show, for streaming it, playing it, sharing it, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just so, so appreciated. So here we are, back with a new episode. Apologies again about the kind of delay in getting content up and episodes uploaded within this month it's been pretty hectic it's been silent obviously on the podcast front um i think about three episodes we've only done this month but in reality like my house has just been turned upside down we're doing like a massive renovation project and uh, it's just been kind of difficult to find time to record an episode without constant drilling banging going on so yeah finally got a bit of downtime looking forward to this revisit in a way which i have all like kind of batman related um films to revisit this probably wouldn't have been top of my list of choices it's just that i do over time i have over time rather kind of not taken to this film but i can appreciate it a lot more there's still obviously things that i'm not too fussed about that are still a bit like uh, why but yeah like it's it's a film that i'm looking forward to kind of sitting down and revisiting with you with you lovely lot I've, i'm of course talking about sorry batman versus superman dawn of justice which was released in 2016 to have these two characters come together in a film was something that, like, probably we'd all wanted, you know, growing up. I remember seeing I Am Legend at the cinema, and obviously in the background there was, like, a big poster of a Batman vs. Superman logo kind of thing, and that idea since then, I think, has kind of been instilled into young fans and, and audience members alike of just kind of wishing one day maybe we could potentially get a battle of the ages between Superman and Batman live on screen. And they went for it. Zach Schneider, the director of this film, released in 2016. It was originally, I believe, meant to come out in 2015. But um, I think the statement was that they delayed it so that the you know production team and everyone involved could really you know fulfil and, and and get out their vision of this film. Um, yeah, it uh, it's funny, isn't it? Because for me, like on on a kind of like a just to summarise very quickly how I feel about this film is that. I really don't like the theatrical cut of this film. I just, I remember leaving, uh, seeing it in IMAX and just being completely like a one, like almost like stuffed of like superhero, just like destruction. And then at the same time, just being so confused in a way of the storyline because it was clear that things had been cut out. Things had been messed, not necessarily messed around with, but definitely things seemed missing. Like I, Definitely remember coming out being like, I get why Batman doesn't like Superman, but why doesn't why is Clark going after Batman? Obviously, other than what we kind of get drip fed about the way he's dealing with criminals and such, but then the unrated version was released on Blu-ray with like an extra thirty minutes of footage, and I gotta say, like it, it really, really. I remember watching it for the first time. I was like, right, I've, I've bought it. I want to watch this unrated version. Thirty minutes extra. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Anything extended, straight in. And I, I came out and I was like, that is such a much better and complete film. Granted, it shouldn't take two hours 45 to make a Batman vs. Superman film as good as, as that almost, or just in generally very good. I just, I couldn't believe how different it was in a way, like how much, more, how much you know, things and plot points and such made more sense. You know, why Superman, for example, didn't get on very well with Batman. You know what I mean? What his views were on that. And, and just the way that it kind of, gave more character development, gave more more story almost, just the plot, honestly, the plot thickens, but still, I mean, it just makes more sense. It's just like I say, it shouldn't take that long, but if anything we should know is action item is that it kind of takes like a good nearly three out four hours to an extent film to be brilliant because for some people listening you either love schneider's work and adore it stand by it and and still you know raring to go on that whole 
Justice League, uh, his, his, his DCU, his Schneiderverse almost. Uh, and other people will be probably sick to the back teeth of hearing his name. Obviously, there was a whole release of Schneider Cut campaign for the Justice League, which I fully wanted to see just because I hate, again, the 2017 Justice League film. I definitely was like not in a rush to see that film again. Um, but I, I, you know, I've always wanted to see what Schneider had, um, had, had wanted to get out of and what to, want to release, sorry, for the Justice League. And that's another episode in itself. It very much probably will down the line revisit the Justice League Schneider Cut because it's again a fantastic film. It actually made my top twenty, well, top ten, sorry, top twenty, top ten films of te- of twenty twenty one. It was a fantastic release for the fans. Great fan service and just great for him as well, really, because after everything he went through, uh, I think Warner Brothers massively did a little bit of dirty on him in fairness as well. But not to get too like into the thick of that. Just really happy that he got his vision out, but. It's it's been a bit of like a stumbling block, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like in order for his films to be decent, they have to be like extended cuts released or this, that, and the other. And I just think it shouldn't have to be because Man of Steel, for all its again flaws that I have with that film, is that it is um, it's 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 again another underappreciated one. I think Batman vs Superman over time again will probably grow and grow because a lot of people there are people that are genuinely behind this film that absolutely think it's great I, I i definitely stand behind the unrated version of the film i think that it is like i say an all-round very well completed film gets the job done but there's still things within the plots and the story that i don't know i just i just completely um just not really not really with um but batman vs superman dawn of justice as i say released in 2016 uh, the film takes heavy inspiration as well from frank miller's the dark knight returns of course very very excellent comic if you've not read that do check that out as well uh slight change as well with this film because superman is the like in the film he's the outsider rather than batman because in the comics it's more him that's under scrutiny you know with the press etc uh, but flipping it definitely makes sense in this because now with this film it's it's on the back of man of steel the the world has finally been introduced to superman albeit destroying half of Metropolis kind of thing. You know, the battle between Zod, this, that, and the other. And it's that question, that that idea of, can we live with the Superman? Can we live with a being that is, you know, like Ben Affleck's Batman, Bruce Wayne says, could destroy the planet at any moment kind of thing, if he, should he choose to go down that path? And then you've got the flip side of, obviously, Superman trying to understand the humans more. Granted, he's had that relationship and human relationship and connection through Lois, Martha, Martha, <laughs> who come to that, don't worry, and obviously his father, Jonathan. Um, it's just one of those. It's, it's it, That in itself is a very... That could have been the, the, the sequel anyways to Man of Steel. I would imagine that's what Schneider probably would have done. I know that Schneider had a few ideas of what to do with the sequel. Could have gone down a different route completely, but they wanted to pit Superman against another, another comic hero. And I think in one of his interviews, he said that once Batman was mentioned, it's really hard not to... You know, it's really hard to top that, basically. It's always going to have to be that kind of iconic figure. And I just like the idea of that split and torn between what Superman should do and can do almost. But it's, again, that question, that very political drive behind this film. You know, what are the repercussions of this destruction, especially what happened, like, say, in Man of Steel? You know, where, how, you know, how is he going to exist in our world? Um, and it's, you know, essentially he's a godlike character kind of thing. And that's where we get these kind of drippings of different characters, you know, such as, like, Lex Luthor, who completely hates Superman. And, again, I can't, well, I say I can't wait to talk a little bit because Lex is one of my negatives of this film. Um, yes, yeah, so we get those kind of characters that aren't going to be, all for Superman. Obviously, Lex Luthor's the extreme of that. I think Batman has just gone through so much tragedy in his life, obviously not only losing his parents and then losing Robin in this in this universe, that he sees this as a genuine threat. And it's just that idea, again, of going back to the whole political drive behind it, he's essentially reacted to something so catastrophic and it's like as 
it's this new standard almost of, of fear, like for, for Batman in the way, and that's what Alfred, you know, he's lying in the film saying that's how it starts, the fever, the rage, and the feeling of powerlessness that can turn good men cruel. As he, I remember I remember seeing that in the trailer, though, when that dropped, and I was like, man alive, that's this is exciting. And this is the thing, so just to kind of go on a bit of a, a side note to like the whole, you know, ramping up and the, the marketing for this film, I was so like looking forward to this. I remember the very first like Comic-Con release or even the announcement at Comic-Con, just, just, just excitement, isn't it? Like you say, we're going to get Batman vs Superman. He's a, you know, Batman for me was always like the, the, the character I would watch a lot of when I was growing up. Um, and so to see him like again, like live action against Superman, I was so so pumped for it. It's just, it's just such a shame in a way that this this theatrical cut at least it just didn't do it for me. Anyways, like it really didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I was so behind. Like I said, that the, the marketing for this film. But the only again issue with the marketing, sorry, is that they pretty much released all the bloody film in the trailers. Like. I don't know if you remember the final trailer, listeners, and if you haven't, go check it out because you don't have to watch the film, pretty much. It's like, there's obviously the the, the brewing of the fallout between Batman and Superman, see a bit of the fight, then we see Doomsday, then we see Wonder Woman, then we see all three of them together, obviously, Bats, Soups, and, and Wonder Woman tackling Doomsday. It's just a little bit like, well, we... we you've just told it to us but you know we knew that they were going to come together at the end and now we know why they come together it was just ridiculous and it was weird because it was literally that last trailer they were like throw it all at him it doesn't matter just throw it all at him anyways that's just my side note on the uh, the marketing for it that kind of started off great and then took a bit of a dip like I said just don't show me the film like I, I, want, I want to go see it for myself it's almost like on some level they knew that it was it, it wasn't it was I don't know like going to be underwhelming after all the cuts and stuff that had been left out and um, strange as well a little trivia for you is that when Warner Brothers actually saw the first like kind of should I say draft of the film kind of thing they were like applauding it and they wanted Batfleck to stay on for like another three more films or something daft like that which I would be all for and I'm, I'm again we'll talk a bit more about Batman and 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 Bat Ben Affleck I keep wanting to say Batfleck Ben Affleck's portrayal of, of, of the Cape Crusader um because again it's it is a pretty good one but just what I was obviously touching on before that about obviously the world viewing Superman, seeing Superman for the first time, being introduced to this character, of course there's going to be kind of questions surrounding it. There's some great segments in the film that I really enjoyed when it's kind of all the, the news clippings or at least, you know, the footage from, from TV interviews and such saying, like, you know, if, if Superman has the will, you know, or the power to save your family, like, he's not, he's not allowed to because we're not letting him. Is that right? And it's like, well... What is right in this? And I, and I do like the open open mindedness, obviously, to to Superman, to Clark Kent in this, because he's still trying to figure out him, obviously, how he fits into this this world, almost what he can bring, and 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 it is it's got so many so many great potential elements, and so much bits that I do really enjoy about it. Like I love the flip side of that, you know, I love looking into Clark Kent in this film, looking into Superman, but also looking into Batman's point of view as well, because that opening sequence of this film, when we get to see. Uh, after we've obviously seen the bloody ridiculously slow mo of Martha and Thomas Wayne getting gunned down, which we've seen numerous, numerous times, thank God the Batman didn't show us that again. But by God, does Schneider love his slow mo? Doesn't he, ladies and gentlemen? Like Jesus wept, he loves that slow mo. But we get to see the slow mo of that, and then we get to see what, like I've said before on podcasts, I think I've actually mentioned this scene before, like in, maybe I was talking about a quiet place and stuff, but seeing things from other people's perspectives or seeing like kind of these kind of disasters unfold from the eyes of like one character or maybe a couple, you know what I mean? I think it is so engaging and so gripping for an audience. I remember sitting there in the IMAX screen still to this day, being completely blown away by Bruce Wayne driving through Metropolis as is, as this battle's going off with Zod, as all the destruction and, and chaos and buildings are falling down and say, it's, it's just like, like you can't take your eyes off it. Great product placement as well for the Jeep car that, that, that Ben Affleck's driving in the, in the sequence. But 
I loved the whole thing. And again, adding extra scenes into this in the rated version was a massive tick for me because I just wanted more of it. Like that sequence when he's on the phone to, I think his colleagues called Jack and the, the, then Superman and Zod end up in there and it all falls down and destruction, all the ash that and smoke that he runs into. It is very kind of, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the, obviously, and obviously to Schneider as well in the same levels of what happened with 9-11 and that chaos and, and destruction that was that was going on there. And that's the, I think that's again like a theme that's in there, that political drive behind that. Andrew Dice wrote that Bruce has, like so many political figures and nations, given up the moral high ground, rationalises extreme methods as a necessary, identified an enemy he does not seek to understand and abandoned the spirit, if not the explicit values, upon his mission was founded. So it's like this destruction making him the type of Batman that he is at the moment kind of thing, or even more so, like he's already kind of a bit unhappy with the world in that sense, or at least just fed up with criminals, should we say, to an extent that it's what you know kind of spurs him on then to to become that kind of borderline criminal because that's the thing like superman after everything he's just like at the end of the day i know what you're doing i know that you hunt criminals down and obviously you'll do your bit for justice and that or the other but you are borderline like actual criminal there's many scenes in this film especially when batman is going after uh the um kryptonite sorry and he's just absolutely mowing people down it's absolutely outrageous absolutely ridiculous and it's that kind of like thing that was leading back to obviously the the whole 9-11 thing about obviously with, with the destruction and chaos you know people's initial response was new levels of fear new levels of you know un uncertainty and such and therefore driving and using and, and somehow rationalizing that fear into some other motive kind of thing. And that's what Batman is doing in this film. He's seeing, obviously, witnesses firsthand. Doesn't see Superman as a human at all until the infamous Martha scene, of course. But I'm going to save that for a little bit later. It's such, like I said, there's so many character pieces and so many, like, developments within over the film that I'm quite behind in this. It's just that characters like Lex Luthor in this, which I, I, I never understand the casting piece for this. Like... Jesse Eisenberg, yeah, as a as a neutral and as a fan of films, the sound that I can get on with some of his work. I'm not his biggest fan. A bit like Schneider. Like people say that you either love Schneider or you hate Schneider, that there's no middle ground. I would tend to disagree with that because I genuinely think I'm so like indifferent with Schneider's work. Like I can take it or leave it. Like I've just said there, not his biggest fan, not a fan of 300. Like did, just didn't get on with it for whatever reason. Couldn't get on with it. Man of Steel, I thought was okay. Watchmen, Jesus, no. Like, you know what I mean? And then this film comes out about Superman and like I said, the unrated version I enjoy. I even really dig what he did with the Justice League film. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to see that film. I wanted to get I wanted him to have his vision out there. But overall, um, I'm just, like, a bit like, yeah, whatever, just in the middle. And I guess I could say that for Jesse Eisenberg, but I'm honestly, like, not his biggest fan. So putting him as Lex Luthor to me was just, like... I don't get it. Like, I just do not get it. I think what what's... I'm, I'm certain as well that Brian Cranston was pretty much saying that he would love to play Alex Luthor. And, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm certain that that was the case because I remember being like, if this guy, if Brian Cranston's saying, laying it on the table, like, I will play Alex Luthor. I would happily play Alex Luthor. Why is no one phoning him up? Why is no one... Because I know what they were going for with Lex Luthor. This younger Lex Luthor is kind of, you know, got... Very, very like he hates his father, hates God. I see he's just a God hater essentially, and that's why he creates the God Killer. He's the puppet master behind this entire feud and battle between, well, obviously, well, not only the feud and battle between Batman and Superman, but also in you know making the political agendas against Superman and get, making people feared, making people fearful of Superman that he's not this savior. Genuinely, just hates God, and that's mainly the thing that I 
I kind of only like about this character that that's it. It's just everything else about him, like the eccentricity of him. I, I just didn't get what Jesse Eisenberg was going for with this character. Like I know I get there are he's he's a genuine sociopath. He's got no empathy whatsoever. Like I get all of that. I get what they're going for with it. However. I just just didn't like his performance. This is one of the this is this is the probably I wouldn't say the main negative because I think that like I said the third act of this film as well is a little bit a little bit weak. It's just kind of spend you know so much of the film kind of going over destruction and 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 what happened at the end of Metropolis because let's be honest in the Man of Steel it's an absolute just it's just it, I was like so if you left like it's just everything's on the floor kind of thing just just destroyed. Um, of course there was going to be like repercussions to that and the whole kind of like I said the political drive that they the caught here and such. But then by the end of this this film it's just again just like just sheer destruction again i was like what is going on when they're tackling doomsday like it's just it kicks doomsday into like a part of a nuclear plant or something it's just like boom 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 it's like fireworks like i just don't understand that's kind of the thing that i like i said i spent the whole film trying to get not necessarily get away with it but kind of explain it to then just kind of do it again at the end i was like i just Oh, I don't know, but yeah, like Lex Luthor in this. Sorry, aside from what I've just been kind of tangent about, is just like I definitely my my least favorite character within the film. I, I you know you never know what you're going to get with this kind of character. Like I say, there's those sociopath traits that are in there. It just fleets from one thing to the other, and it's like and 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 again, I I I get it. I get what they're going for because he's just someone that's like kind of clutching for for any power. You know what I mean? To to take down Superman, it's like right, okay. So I'll frame him in you know this this whole sequence in Africa at the beginning make people think he's killed a bunch of people right okay I'll do that right okay, okay that's that's kind of you know playing its part now okay now I'll then blow up a court hearing that he's appearing at people now think he's behind that and such and while I'm doing that I'll just drip feed loads of garbage and such to Bruce Wayne just to make him be like look this guy and he's taken out, you can do it, this, that, and the other. When, when that obviously fails, and, and not even fails, but whilst that's going on, he's like, right, okay, well, I'll get I'll get his mum now, I'll get Martha, I'll kind of put her to one side, I'll, I'll threaten to kill her if he doesn't kill Batman, so everyone can see that he is genuinely, uh, you know, he's got, he's an evil character, kind of, that Superman is a bad guy. And it's just like one thing after the other, and then it's like, okay, that's not worked, now I'm going to make Doomsday, like I'm going to create something that will destroy Superman. I just, and I always do this with films, I always try and see, about, okay, I try and understand where you're coming from with it, but I just can't get on with Lex Luthor in this film, it's just literally, like all of those things I've just said, just cut out a few, does do, do he have to be constantly, like and the other thing as well is, did, did anyone find Lex Luthor threatening this film? No. No. Like, I, I just, there's nothing in his character or in, in the performance, I would say, that really made me think, Jesus Christ, like I would not want to get on the wrong side of this guy. Like, none of that whatsoever. And I think that, I'm not saying I want like a big brute of a Lex Luthor, but I want to be intimidated by him as a character. I want him to be genuine, like, you can have the sociopatriots, you can have a bit of a screw loose, that's absolutely fine, but just... Jesse Eisenberg's not that. That that's pretty much all I can say on that. I just think that just they could have done they could have done better with that. I think, um, but the battle between Superman and Batman and the build up to it, I say the fight itself is like what 50, twenty minutes or something like that. So it, there is a lot of building up, and that's one of my things again. I was like, should it even be called Batman versus Superman? I know that the feud is there, and we get like a few back and forth from each other, but even if they just called it Dawn of Justice, because we've got Wonder Woman in there as well, it would have been absolutely fine. It's just there is so much build up to it that when it comes around it's kind of done in a flash um but if we're just going to stick to a positive about the battle the actual fight itself like it's just awesome like i i love seeing bat in his mech bat suit and the the arrival of superman obviously pleading for him to you know help because obviously if 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 superman doesn't kill batman in this moment then his mother martha is going to die 
And I just liked that whole thing of that you don't understand. And then Batman's like, I understand. And this, that, and the other. And the the whole, I would say choreograph is not truly well choreographed. It's just lots of cuts and this, that, and the other. But just the different devices and gadgets and gizmos and pieces that Batman had put together for this battle really, really, obviously, it also shows his genius that is Bruce Wayne and the technology and equipment that he can bring to battles and such to take on this godlike being because let's be honest you're like how is batman going to win this like i remember again you were like when the trailers or when it was even announced being like there's surely only gonna be one winner here kind of thing um you know i've granted he can have as big a suit as he wants i'm pretty sure that superman could just backhand him and he'll go flying which he pretty much does but then got the aid of this huge amount of kryptonite and using it in gas form obviously you know breathe it in that's fear (laughs) like all this that and the other it is great to watch like don't get me wrong like i love the fight sequences between Batman vs. Superman. I, I, I like it as well, because I've just been talking about, obviously, the fact there's lots of destruction in it at the end. They do kind of take this battle and go, right, we're going to put it right over there, away from all people against all citizens, so that no one is going to get killed. No one in this film, no audience member is going to come out and go, you know, there was there's surely loads of people dead from this kind of battle kind of thing. They were like, right, we'll move it way, way over there. And we'll just have them fight just just there. Lots of empty buildings. That's fine. Um, I get it. I completely get it. And and at the same time, it makes for some great because you don't have to worry about anything. Then like this, it's just constant. You know, set pieces, this, that, and the other. I just think it was a great fight. It just it could have. I, I wish there was a little bit more because yeah, we get the whole. Tell me, do you bleed? And you know the sequence was like when they shine your light in the sky. Don't don't answer it. There's that. There's those little moments for each other, and that's against the build up of them being fueled different things by Lex Luthor. And this comes back to the unrated version because the whole like thing with, like I said, my main issue with the theatrical cut was just like, why did Superman not like, not, not that didn't like, granted, obviously, if anyone goes around branding people, yeah, fair enough. It, it, that's reason for concern, obviously. It's just that I never understood in, that in the same theatrical cut just why Superman was kind of gunning against him. It was, you know, there's some great moments, obviously, between Lawrence Fishburne's character as well in this when they're saying about the crime in Gotham rate, this, that, and the other. The Batman's kind of becoming judge during executioner, and, and he's there, like Lawrence Fishburne's like, breaking news, crime waves in Gotham, in other news, water wet it's like those kind of lines those humorous moments kind of breathing space for for this kind of seriousness intenseness because this film like most of schneider's very moody very kind of gray there's some great color color grading in the film don't get me wrong but it's just very serious which obviously makes it different to what we see with the mcu with marvel films these are very very gritty more mature on a level films you know what i mean like it's not fantastical in a way or like yes cgi but i was going to say like it's not too cgi heavy but that'd be lying but you know what i mean like it's more grounded i should say um and i just wished in this film there was just more in the theatrical cut anyway there was just more between what at least what we got in the unrated just release they should have released the unrated version just just be to to, to hell with it you know what i mean just like just get they should have released the unrated version there's a great sequence like i say after this very like bleak moment in the film where after batman's branded someone he gets sent into prison and then it's just this guy gets stabbed in the, he even says before he goes in, he's like, if you, you know, I've been branded, you know, they're going to kill me in here kind of thing. And this is it. It's like, he goes into the, into the courtyard and just gets like brutally stabbed a few times to death. I can see on a, on a level why that was cut out from the theatrical cut to get the ratings down. Cause that in itself bunks it straight up to at least like, you know, like I say it's a 15 on the unrated version, but geez, like it's really intense. And it's so clear then after obviously that happens and then Superman meets the woman, I believe it's just like her ex-partner at least, I think who it is, who this guy has been killed. 
obviously because of that branding, which is powerful because obviously Clark Kent's going over to Gotham, you know, speaking to different people and they're saying he's a whole different angry now, this, this Batman vigilante, like he is a whole nother level. Um, and that context and explanation, like it's just so much, so much more helpful to, for one as an audience member to be like, okay, so that's why he doesn't like him. And that, that's, that's much clearer. The other thing that seems to be like kind of let out as well is to an extent, I was so confused at the start of this film in the theatrical cut, the whole like sequence in Africa with the, the rival gangs and obviously just being gunned down. Like I had no idea. I don't know. I just couldn't get my head around what was going on. Like why suddenly were they being gunned down? Superman just turned up obviously to save Lois what's this weird bullet that, that she's found? Like, what is going on there? Uh, and why is Lois so fascinated with it? And then you see the unrated version, and there's, again, more sequences to explain that. You get the whole reasoning that, obviously, this Russian uh, hitman and, and gang that worked with Lex Luthor there to frame Superman. Like I said earlier, was talking about you know him being the puppet master, literally guns down everyone, then burns them all so that it looks like he's used his heat vision um, to, uh, to, to, obviously, to, to burn them leave it, obviously Superman's done his business, and then, there you go, he's he's killed all these people, it's like, why, why wasn't that in the theatrical cut, and then this this character, obviously, that that's uh, an extra subplot within it, following that, um, a character called Kahini Ziri, who's portrayed by Wunma Masuka, uh, she's heartbroken at the loss of a family member within this Af Africa sequence, and blames Superman for it, and, and even attends the court hearing to testify against him, comes out and she explains that, no, like, I'm part of the situation of framing Superman, um, and then she gets taken out as well, like being pushed in front of a train. I was like, why isn't this in the theatrical cut? Like, why isn't that? Why wasn't that included? It baffled me beyond. Because again, more context, more explanation, more meddling behind from Lex Luthor, more reason why Batman hates Superman, and then vice versa. You know, you've got the whole that kicking off and and the explosion going off at the court here, and 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 Batman's getting letters saying you let your family die. It just it just all it all made more sense anyways the theatrical cut just does not do this film justice is what i'm trying to say like it is it's got so many great great moments and uh, and and more like i say padded out sequences um so we've spoke about obviously the battle sequences we've spoke about i mean I'll, i'm going to touch upon um i'll come to the math sequence in just a second i do want to obviously kind of focus as well to the nightmare sequence which again very entertaining again i wish there was more because it was all again all round Excellent. Seeing that on IMAX was just like, yes, very good. I love the colour grading for this scene. It's very, like, kind of very brown and very bright at the same time. Just gritty also thrown in there. And I just really love how it, I just love how it escalates so quickly. This is, I think, if I'm correct, the first moment that we see Batman, uh, we see Bruce Wayne as Batman. Oh, no, sorry. Maybe the second time. But you know what I mean? Like, the introduction we got to Batman is just kind of loitering at the top of a, of a ceiling when Gotham police arrive at a, a crime scene. Um, so we get that introduction, but I wish we'd have got a better one because by the time it gets to the warehouse scene, we see all of that, which, again, I will touch upon, but I was like, I want more. That should have been his introduction, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish that Batman got an introduction because we got that little thing and then... It's the nightmare sequence. I'm, I'm almost certain that's the next time that we do see him. And, you know, the nightmare sequence setting up, obviously, the arrival of Darkseid, which we do get to see a little bit more of as well. Of course, I say a little bit more of, I should say, in Schneider's Justice League. And I really enjoyed it. Like I, like I said, I would have liked a little bit more, maybe, if, if Schneider, thinking ahead, could have also done, like, a bit of an epilogue sequence like he did at the end of Justice League. But all around, really enjoyed it. And, um, again, dripping his information of why this was going to happen. I think at the time we weren't sure if that was going to be the future. It was almost like a potential future that could happen, which we would learn within Schneider's Justice League that it is, it does happen and that Lois 
as Barry Allen would say, Lois is the key. Um, she was Superman's world and you took her from me, as, as Henry Cavill broodily says as he's, as he's caught and tied up Batman. Again, one of the issues, again, with this film, like other films, or at least superhero films, I should say, is that it just seems to be setting up everything else. You know, we get the sequence with Wonder Woman's in it as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention the fantastic Gal Gadot is in this. I think Wonder Woman's in it for, what, 10 minutes or something like that? And I think I read that she only has 16 lines in this film. Um, could have saved it. I, 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 I like, I like. don't get me wrong, Wonder Woman being in this final battle when she saves Batman from Doomsday. I think it's absolutely fantastic. The whole sequence of those being like, is she with you? I thought she was with you. Again, great moments. And and the, the three of them kind of leading the start of the Justice League is brilliant. Um, could they have saved it for just bringing her in to do a solo film and then bring her into the Justice League? You know, because a solo film is pretty great until the third act. Again, these are DC and the third acts, man. DC and their third bloody acts. Um, but yeah, so it just feels like this film's setting up so much more that that sadly never never came. I mean, I like the fact that we've got Zack Snyder's trilogy, but it definitely felt like... And, and even probably one of us didn't even know what they were going to do because we just got these little glimpses of the Flash, Aquaman and Cyborg being created and such. And, and that's about it. Just this constant, just forever showing us stuff. Obviously, we've got the Nightmare sequence as well in there. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff that I probably missed about as well, but, you know, it, it just felt like they were like, right, okay, we've got a grand idea. Should And it, it was all hinging on Batman versus Superman. Like It was all, if this works, if people like this film, we'll go ahead and we'll do it. We'll do the rest of it kind of thing. Um, I, I genuinely think that if they'd released the unrated version of this film in the cinema, uh, things would be very different now. Um, like I say, it's excellent that Schneider got to release his Justice League film. It is by far, by far superior than that tripe that we got in 2017 from uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named. Um, I just think that if they released this uh, this extended cut, um, yeah, things would have been different. If you've not seen it, by the way, obviously I know I probably spoil a lot of the extra scenes anyways, or at least kind of padding out of, of this story. Like I said, though, all along, it should not take two hours and 45 minutes to uh, to 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 make this film great, you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't, it really shouldn't. Um, but still, never mind, eh? Um, so the Nightmare sequence is great, I really enjoyed it. It's, it was one of those in the trailers when people were scrutinising, what the hell's Batman doing breaking someone's neck kind of thing? Then we get that flash sequence of him kind of coming from the future, being, I'm all too soon, and again we get a little bit extra of that in Justice League, but just another just another drip feed of something that was never to be. Um, but overall, no, I do enjoy that nightmare sequence. Um, I'm going to talk about now the infamous Martha scene. Uh, why did you say that name? Um, which, again, is a lot of... Uh, well, it generated a lot of, like, memes, a lot of, lot of hilarity, I should say, and even I was just, like, coming out of the cinema being like, they stopped fighting because their mums have the same name. <laughs> Okay, um, it is. Uh, it's one of those where you really have to kind of look deep within for that one, um, whether you choose to or whether you you know you 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 buy it. You know what I mean? It's it's a completely different thing. And I do not blame any people that are like, nah, it's too ridiculous kind of thing. That's literally it. And it is. If we just to summarize that moment, it is all down to the fact that their mothers have the same name. That the battle does stop. It's just that it's more for Batman this, like it's the sense that he never, like I said earlier, he never saw Superman as a human, you know, he's always seen him as this alien, this being, this person, or, 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 or you know, being, like I say, that could come and wipe out the Earth. He's saying he brought the battle to us, you know, we have to make sure that if there's any chance that he could turn, we stop him. It's only until that moment when he's like saying, save Martha, that Batman's like, this guy is actually... He is human. He's he's got a mother and he's got a mother and a father. Obviously, as like like me, like I have, like he's 
he's gone now from a god to someone that's extremely vulnerable in that moment and and that's when he batman realizes oh i am I'm the bad guy here. Like, are we the baddies? <laughs> I'm the bad guy here. Um, and that's why he gives up the fight. Not because, I mean, well, yeah, because the mothers have the same name, but it's, it is more so that, hum- that, that Superman is humanized in that moment. He's, even with his alien origin, he has family. He is a person. He is within this world. He's within our world. And Martha will not die tonight. Um, that's all I'll say on it. It's ridiculous, don't get me wrong. Like, it's funny. Like, it is hilarious. The whole, why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. It's, just, it's, it's one of those, but... The deeper meaning is there anyways, and that's that's all I'll say on that bit. I have a good laugh still with it. I do like to imitate it and mock it, and any given opportunity meeting someone named Martha is hilarity in itself. It is a constant struggle of going, why did you say that name? Oh, dear. Right, more to a more positive note, the warehouse scene of Batman, incredible. It's like watching Arkham games unfold, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is absolutely fantastic, and that's why I mean... That should have been 100% the intro to Batman. It could, just, it could have been just a side scene, just of like, there's this warehouse going off, Something, some baddies are there. Just just have that as his introduction. It was fantastic. I love the music in this film as well. It's absolutely excellent. The score for Batman, Batman's theme is awesome. Wonder Woman's like almost guitar solo, you know, motif is, is fantastic as well. But there is just something all round perfect and brilliant. It's easily for me, the warehouse scene of, um, in Batman vs Superman is the best scene in the, entire, in the entirety of the film. And that is sad to say that when this film is Batman versus Superman, you know what I mean? Like it's a solo moment of Batman is the best bit of this film. It is just brilliant. Like all round, they studied so much. They choreographed the best. Like I I said when it came out, the Batman, sorry, that Pattinson's Batman was the best portrayal of Batman and that it's the best choreographed fighting sequences. And I still stand by it. And the only contender is this moment. It's just that the reason why I would still say that Pattinson's a better choreographed fighting Batman is that there's more of it in the Batman than there is in Batman versus Superman, sadly. Like, especially if Batman taking down villains, criminals, it is just not really there in, in Batman versus Superman because there's obviously so much going off as it is. But this moment is absolutely brutal in every sense. Like, I really... The, the bit when he's just slamming people to the ground, like, buddy, slam everybody in the... You know what I mean? Like, it is so good. It is literally, like I say, I feel like I'm sat there with my PS4 controller pressing like you know some tactical you know silent takedown of of, of, a, of a criminal sorry it's just all around brilliant and just the kind of like i say you still get that even though bruce wayne and batman have softened should we say after the whole him kind of making peace with superman still got that dark and grittiness and and real genuine brutality that is batman in there you know the bit when they get stabbed or whatever then he takes the blade out and like stabs someone else with it there's just so much going off in that sequence it is uh it's awesome. It is pretty good. It is 10 out of 10 that moment. It is very, very good. Like I say, it's the only contender for in terms of choreographed fighting sequences that can put up, put a fight up against uh, against Pattinson's portrayal and choreographed sequences as the Batman because they blew me away in the Batman. And uh, this sequence, so the warehouse sequence is just... Yeah, chef's kiss. Boy, oh boy, is it good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have missed off with this film. Obviously, at the end of this, we do get the sad and, and tragic end of Superman, just for this small moment of time anyways, before he comes back in Shadow's Justice League. But it is, um, it's powerful. Like, it's really powerful. You know, sacrifice himself to stop, obviously, Doomsday. You know, he's, he's been questioned all the way through this film, whether he sh- what he should be and what, what could he do, should he even be allowed to save us all kind of thing. And I, and I guess that's the nice symbolism. He was that beacon of hope that Batman wasn't at that time, just taken away from everyone. And we're left now in limbo. And, and the, again, the unrated version does give us a little teaser of Steppenwolf, which is then explained a little bit more about that call-in. You know, Superman dying was, you know, sent a shockwave 
across the across the galaxy, across the universe for other beings and to realise that Earth is now vulnerable. Um, obviously, we didn't realise that at the time. It was just pretty tragic to have him uh, have him taken out at that moment. I do still think it was a little bit too soon. Um, almost like he could have he could have maybe done it in the next Man of Steel film, or at least maybe even at the end of the Justice League. I feel that to kind of kill him off in in his in his sequel kind of thing was um, I don't know. Like in this in this sequel, I should say, in Batman vs Superman was just a bit of a bit of a mixed one. But again, you can see the vision that Schneider was going with, and I, and I can't fault that in a way. It's just that like just the overall thing is just a bit of a bumpy mess. Um, the theatrical cut is that, and the unrated version is a very clear mess if that's right i don't know i like i do like the unrated version i'm not gonna lie like i do enjoy the unrated version i just think that there's just some things elements of the plot regardless of whether it's extended or not that just 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 leave it out like it doesn't need to be in it like i, I again yeah there could have been other ways of doing this i guess there could have been another instigator but i'm i'm almost sometimes thinking that they could have saved lex for another film or something but hey I'm just a guy with a podcast waffling about films. Um, but yeah, overall, this film theatrically is a 5 out of 10. Unrated version, jumping it up to probably a 7 for me anyways. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely, definitely better. It's like how, in a way, Justice League Snyder Cut um, brings the, the Whedon crap. Definite like 4 out of 10. And then I'd, I, I would say that Schneider Cut doubles it. It's 4 hours anyway. It's got to be an extra 4 on top. It's like an 8, 8.5. It's so good. Um, quick note as well. I love the fact that all of his films, like this film, Batman vs Superman, starts where Man of Steel ended. And then Justice League Schneider Cut starts where Batman vs Superman ended. Again, I like this vision. It's, this is what happens when a filmmaker does have a great vision that's allowed to unfold, you know, let it unfold after fan campaign in um but batman vs superman a eh? overall like i say seven out of ten unrated version i'm not going to um yeah really fully rate the the theatrical cut because it's just pointless because it's just a waste of time and just watch the unrated version if you're going to watch it basically um but let me know your thoughts if you're a fan um if you enjoyed the film if you enjoyed the theatrical cut then praise be to you um fair play but do let me know either way if you've seen the unrated version if you prefer the unrated version which i believe you probably will do um just your overall thoughts on batman vs superman i'll leave it there thank you so much for listening as always i'll be back with more revisits more reviews as quick and as quiet albeit that you know the house renovation still is is going all right and such just thank you ever so much again for supporting listening plugin it really is appreciated hit like on spotify hit follow on spotify all of that jazz wherever you listen to it just follow it it'd be amazing jump onto facebook and search joe blogs about films give us a page a like as well let's have a chat about films until next time though as always thanking you take care